Faith is hard. Faith is difficult. Faith is not easy. I know in my life, when I was young, younger, faith was easy. It was easy. When I was eight years old, I got baptized at the first Christian church in Crown Point, Indiana, and faith was easy. I uh, wanted to become a Christian. I wanted to get baptized, and uh, sure enough, I wouldn't leave my parents alone until they let me do it. That's what I wanted to do. Faith was easy. And then I got a little bit older, and faith wasn't as easy. Faith got a little more difficult. I got into high school, and I started asking questions and started questioning my commitment, started questioning things, and I, and I, I, I would complain. I would argue uh, with my mom, and I would say, you know, why? Why did you let me do this? You know, why did you let me get baptized? And there was like, she's like, there was no talking you out of it. You were going to do it. You made a commitment. Now you got to follow through on it. And I wasn't ready to make that commitment. I wasn't ready I, in, in my mind, in my estimation. I, I didn't feel like I was living up to it. Faith became harder. And then I got into college, and faith got really hard. Because I, I, there was things inside of me that were, you know, making me question and doubt. And, I, and I, wanted to, I wanted to live my own way, and I wanted to do what I wanted to do to to have fun and party and things like that. And, and I started walking away from my faith. I started walking away from God. I walked away from the church for a while, for about a year and a half, doing my own thing. And I've noticed that as life has gone on, as my journey of life has continued, faith has gotten harder and harder and harder. Whereas I thought that as I got older, it would get easier and easier and easier. But if you're like me, you know that it doesn't. Life gets harder. Faith gets harder. And really, I, I thought by now I'd be in a groove. You know, you know, you get in a groove and like things are good and just everything's cool, right? Go with the flow. Everything's great. No, my groove gets disrupted daily. My groove gets thrown off all the time. And it gets frustrating to lose my groove. And faith gets harder and harder. I wish I could go back. I wish to go back to with that childlike faith when everything is just readily acceptable and, and easy to believe. But it's not. There's a verse in Scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, and it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There was a time in my life when I was so sure I was so sure, I was so convicted about what I believed. And there are days in my life today that, that come and go and days that I say, I'm just not sure. Any of you ever feel that way? It's okay. It's okay. You know, faith is, I, I believe that faith is, is kind of a gift, not believing per se, but I believe that God gives us the gift of faith, that he allows us to believe. Uh, John six forty four says, No one can come to me, Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him. That God is reaching out to us. God is calling out to us. He is calling us to himself. He is calling us to faith in Christ. He is calling every single human being by name 
He is calling us by name to come and believe, come and find hope and peace and salvation and joy and love in Jesus Christ. He is calling us by name, yet not everyone's listening. He calls me by name and I don't always listen. Faith is hard. And it doesn't seem to get easier. I admire people who, who have deep faith and who, whose faith just comes naturally to them. I admire people whose faith just comes real easy. It's like, sure, I believe. Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? I, I think that there are different things in our lives, different ways in our lives, that different times in our lives when we're at different places in our faith. And I feel like I'm in pretty good company when it comes to struggling with faith and dealing with doubts and struggling with belief. I feel like I'm in pretty good company. Because I think about the disciples, the 12 guys who hung around with Jesus for three and a half years, and the disciples saw him do incredible things. They saw him do the miracles that we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. They saw him do all these miracles, changing water into wine. They, they saw him raise the dead. They saw him walk on water. They saw him feed the masses with just a, a tiny amount of food, five loaves of bread and two fish, and they fed over 5,000 men. Uh, they saw this firsthand. They saw Jesus do these things, and yet, time and again, Jesus says to them, he calls them, O oh, you of little faith. They were there. They saw him. And yet he says to them, oh, you of little faith, why didn't you believe? Faith is hard. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you are struggling with faith today. Maybe you are struggling with belief. And maybe you are dealing with doubts and frustrations and skepticism. And I think that there's, there's just three ways that we deal with these things, that there's three places in our lives that we find ourselves from time to time. And one is we'll find ourselves seeking Maybe you're there today. Maybe you're seeking after something. Maybe you're seeking for answers. Maybe you're looking for purpose in life. Maybe you're looking for meaning. Why are you here today? It's one of the questions I love to ask people. Why are you here? Why did you come here today? Are, are you here to please someone who invited you here? It's like, if I don't show up, they're never going to stop asking me. So I may as well go. And you're going to love it, by the way. This is awesome. We, we, we love what we do here. We have a great time every weekend, and you should come here more often. I recommend every Sunday. Um, but maybe you're seeking, or maybe you're seeking answers to life. Maybe you're seeking the purpose of life, the meaning of life, and it's not 42. You've discovered that. It's not 42. Maybe you are, thank you, maybe you are seeking uh, love or acceptance. You're seeking to be welcomed. You will find that here. Maybe you're seeking Jesus. Maybe you're seeking answers as to who he is as the son of God. Maybe you're seeking Jesus. And I believe that if you will call on his name, he will come to you. That he will call you by name and welcome you into his family. So whatever you're seeking, whatever the reason is that you're here, whatever you're seeking, whatever you're looking for today, my prayer is that you'll find it. That Jesus will lovingly call you by name and you will find him. Or maybe you're, maybe you're scared. Maybe you're here because you're scared. You're scared of, of, of not going to heaven, or you're scared of what other people might think of you. Uh, you're scared of, of, uh, of your doubts. You're scared of your fears. And you're scared in some way. 
and you're here today to try and alleviate those fears. You're try to, here to try and alleviate those, that, that scared feeling. So maybe that's why you're here is because you're scared. Faith for you is tricky and scary. Or maybe you're a skeptic. Maybe you're here because I just don't know what I believe or I don't know why these people are here. I don't know why they believe it. I don't know why I believe what I believe. and I, I don't even know if I do believe anymore. And so maybe you're just a skeptic. You're a doubter. And you've got doubts and you're here looking for an answer to the questions that you've got about who Jesus is and, and, and what he claimed to do. So maybe you're a doubter. Maybe you're a skeptic. And, and I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. It's okay. It's okay to be a skeptic. It's okay to have doubts. Again, you're in some pretty good company. We're going to talk about that today. I want you to know this, okay? I want you to know that no matter where you are in your faith, no matter if you are seeking, no matter if you are scared, no matter if you are a skeptic, wherever you are in your faith, the author of faith hasn't finished your story yet. Your story's not done. The author of faith hasn't finished your story yet. So no matter where you are, whether you are just starting out or whether you are nearing the finish line or somewhere in between, your story hasn't been completed yet. And the author of faith hasn't finished yours yet. We're going to finish our series called The Power of God in Your Life today. We've been looking at Jesus' miracles in the book of John for the last seven weeks. We started on Easter Sunday, and I didn't talk much about the resurrection that day. Some people were really mad at me. Uh, you didn't talk enough about the resurrection. Well, just never mind. Um, we're going to talk about the resurrection today because it is the ultimate miracle in the book of John. It is the ultimate miracle, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Jesus' resurrection so I saved the best for last. We've talked about seven different miracles throughout the book of John. We've talked about Jesus changing water into wine, healing a paralytic, healing a blind man, feeding 5,000, walking on water. Uh, we've talked about these seven miracles that have taken place, that took place in John's gospel. And he wrote them for a very specific reason. He wrote them so that he would inspire faith in Jesus Christ in us. That we would have faith that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God, the Messiah who came into the world to save us from our sins. So that is what we've been studying. But there's one more miracle. There's seven that John writes about, but there's one more miracle. And it wasn't a miracle that Jesus did. It was a miracle that happened to Jesus, and it was his resurrection. That Jesus had been crucified he had been arrested and tried, and, and he had been uh, crucified, uh, buried in a borrowed tomb. He was dead, 100% dead. But he said that he was going to be crucified, he was going to be killed, and on the third day he would be raised. And sure enough, on the third day, he was raised. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20. If you uh, didn't bring a Bible, you can find it on page 768 of the Bible in the, in the book rack in front of you, in the chair in front of you. There's several Bibles around, and you can turn to page 768 to John chapter 20. And we're going to read the story of how Jesus was raised from the dead. To me, this is the ultimate, the ultimate miracle. It is the 
it is the most important event in the history of humanity. It's not the crucifixion. The crucifixion by Jesus dying on the cross brought salvation to us, but if he doesn't rise again, every religious leader in the history of the world has died. Only one has come back to life, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he lives today, and he lives forever. Those who put their faith and trust in him will live forever with him. That if we will believe in him, repent from our sins, confess our faith, and be baptized, we will be saved. And like I said, it's been a great week here. Seven baptisms in the last four days. God is doing a mighty work. Praise his name. Let's read in John chapter 20 about the empty tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John, the author of this gospel, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Who are you seeking? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary Magdalene was full of sorrow and grief, and she shows up at the tomb to put with other women to uh, anoint Jesus' body with spices and, and to, to do a, a kind of embalming, and, and he's not there. He was gone. The, she didn't, they said to themselves, uh, how are they, they going to move the stone? The st there was a heavy stone in front of the tomb. How are they going to move the stone? Didn't have to. Angels took care of it. And Jesus was not there. And two angels appear, and, and who, are, who are you looking for? Jesus comes up behind her and says that, those words to her, Mary. Uh, he says, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Who are you seeking? And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm looking for something. I, I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for, for love. I'm looking for acceptance. I'm looking for for a savior i'm looking for forgiveness and, and maybe you are maybe you don't even or maybe you don't even know what you're looking for but you're here looking for something you're looking for someone and mary was looking for jesus and what does he do who are you looking for and 
then he says her name. He tenderly, lovingly calls her by name and says, Mary. And then she realizes, when she hears his voice, she realizes it's him. He is calling me by name. And she reaches out for him and he says, do not hold on to me, do not clutch on to me, do not grasp on to me, for I have not yet returned to my father. Instead, go and tell my brothers, tell the disciples what you have seen. And she does. She does what any person who, who has an encounter with the living Christ should do, which is run and tell everybody possible that Jesus Christ is alive. And so she runs back to where the disciples are. And we pick the story up in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That Jesus appears to the disciples. Could you imagine being in a locked room terrified of the Jews, scared that they crucified him. What are they going to do to us? And you're scared and you're terrified. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pop, Jesus appears. I, I, I love those videos on America's Funniest Home Videos when like somebody gets scared. You know, like when somebody's like hiding behind a door and, and you know, and somebody c- comes in the room, da, 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 and somebody jumps out and screams, ah, you know, and they're just like, ah, like the Discover Card commercial with the goat, the screaming goat. You know what I mean? Right? I hate surprises. Ah! Anyway, um, I, I can just imagine what was going through the disciples' minds. They're sitting there going, guys, what are we going to do? I mean, what happened? I mean, three and a half years we've been with Jesus, and all of a sudden now he's, he's dead, and our dreams are gone, and what are we going to do? I mean, what are we going to do? Has this all been for nothing? And all of a sudden, Jesus appears. You know, it's like the screaming goat moment. Ah! What are you doing here? And Jesus says, peace be with you. Guys, there's nothing to be afraid of. For I am here. And I am alive. And he showed them his hands. He showed them his side. It's really me. And I'm back, baby. be with you. He speaks to those who are scared. He says, peace be with you. But they're they're not all there, though. They're missing one. Continue. Verse 24. Now Thomas called Didymus, which means the twin. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Another goat moment. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and and yet have believed. That's us. 
Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus appears to Thomas. And, and Thomas, of course, gets a really bad rap in this whole story, right? We, we have a whole phrase about people who doubt. He is a doubting poor Thomas. I mean, Thomas goes on after this incident, he goes on to take the gospel to India. Like he travels to India and, and like people in India can trace their religious heritage, their Christian heritage back to this guy. And we don't have, you know, Thomas the, the gospel spreader, Thomas the evangelist. No, Thomas gets doubting Thomas. This, this is it? This is really, this is, I mean, he gave a, he martyred, he was a martyr for Jesus. And yet he's still known as doubting Thomas. Poor Thomas. But I, here's the thing is I think that Thomas is a lot like us. Or we're a lot like Thomas. Unless I see, I won't believe. Thomas is from the show me state. He's, he's from Missouri. You got to show me and then I'll believe. It's a natural result. He wasn't there when Jesus popped up the first time. But he was there the second time. And Jesus comes to him, the skeptic, the doubter. He comes to him personally. Calls him by name. And then shows him the scars. And says, stop doubting and believe. So my question for you this morning is, who are you? Who are you in this story? Who are you? Are you, the, um, are you the seeker? Are you here seeking Jesus this morning? Seeking answers? Seeking the Lord? Are you the seeker today? I want you to know that Jesus hears your questions. And he hears you. He's, he knows you're looking for him. And guess what? He's looking for you too. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So maybe you feel lost today. Maybe you feel like you're just lost. I want you to know that Jesus is looking for you. And the author of faith hasn't finished your story yet. The author of faith is still working on your story. And he has got a great story for you. And he wants to lovingly call you by name into his kingdom. That if you will put your faith and trust in Christ, he will wash away your sins and forgive you and give you the promise and hope of eternal life. And that by believing, you will have life in his name. But maybe you're not the, the seeker. Maybe you are the, uh, the scared one. Maybe you're scared about what people are going to, if I take that next step of faith, if I take the next step of, of following Jesus, and, and maybe that's the first step of following Jesus, or maybe it's the next step of going deeper in your faith or more, with more devotion to Jesus. If I take that next step of faith, if it's gonna, what's that going to mean for me? That I've got to do away with some habit, or I've got to do with, away with some sin, I've got to do away with some addiction, I've got to deal with some kind of hurt, I've got to deal with some kind of pain, I've got to deal with some kind of forgiveness issue, some kind of bitterness issue, I've got to deal with stuff in my life, and, and I'm scared to deal with that stuff. But that's what it means to follow Jesus with full devotion, to follow Jesus as a fully surrendered follower, and that's hard. And you think, I can't do that. I'm too scared. I'm scared of what other people might think, that if I go deeper in my faith, I'm scared that people might think I'm some kind of a Jesus freak. Well, I can't think of any better kind of freak to be than a Jesus freak. I can't think of any better person to be sold out to than Jesus Christ because he was sold out for me. He was committed to the cross from the time he was born. He was committed to and now he calls me to be committed to him.
and I can't think of any better way to live. So even though I may be scared, and even though you may be scared, Jesus wants to speak peace to you. He speaks love to the seeker. He speaks peace to the scared. And he speaks faith to the skeptic. If you're a skeptic today, if you're a doubter, you feel like Thomas and say, I need proof, I need evidence, I want to encourage you that Jesus will speak faith to you. That the author of faith isn't finished with your story yet either. And he will speak faith into your heart and faith into your soul and faith into your life. So here's my challenge. If you're a seeker, take the next step. Take the first step of faith. Take the next step of faith. Whatever that step is, you know what your step is. If it's a step of being baptized, take that step. If it's a step of getting involved in a Bible study, take that step. I'm excited. i got a new Bible study next week. We're starting a new sermon series next Sunday through the book of Hebrews about how Jesus is greater than everything. And we're going to start that sun sermon series next Sunday morning on the book of Hebrews. We're going to go through the book for the entire summer. And on Monday nights, we're going to have a Bible study called Feedback. And that's where we get together and we talk about the sermon from the previous day. So we're gonna, but we're going to go a little bit in more in-depth with the passage, uh, get into the nitty-gritty of the passage every Monday night. Uh, and I encourage you to check that out. Uh, Monday nights, starting next Monday night, June 8th. Uh, for feedback. It's from 6.30 to 7.30. We'd love to have you join us as we talk about the sermons from Sunday. That's going to go from June, July, and August. And maybe you need to get involved in a Bible study and start studying your Bible more. Or, or do the summer reading program that we've got. We're going to read through seven books of the Bible this summer. And invi I invite you to grab a, a copy of the calendar at the information station and, and start investigating God's Word investigating Jesus. If you are seeking after him, he is not playing hide and seek. He is not hiding from you. He wants to be found. He wants you to find him. He came to seek you. He's not hiding. If you are scared, Jesus wants to speak peace into your life. Don't be scared. He's there with you. He will never leave you, abandon you, or forsake you. That Jesus loves you. And he wants to speak peace into your life, to give you peace when you're frightened, peace when you're afraid, peace when you're scared. Or if you're a skeptic, my challenge for you today is don't give up on your faith. If you're a doubter, if you're having doubts, don't give up. And don't get lazy. Sometimes we'll get lazy when we doubt. Eh, I just, I, I don't think so. I, I doubt it. I, I don't believe it anymore. And we just leave it, we just leave it to lie there and, no, investigate. Deal with your doubts. You know, there's, there's great resources out, out there. there. There are great books out there that you can read. Uh, one of the best books I've ever read is called Letters from a Skeptic by Dr. Greg Boyd. And it's a great book about letters between a, a father and his son. And the, the son was a believer, the father was not. And they wrote letters back and forth about issues that, that the father was having with faith. And so they, they send these letters back and forth. Uh, in order so that people would become, and he published the letters so that people would believe as his father came to believe. So Letters from a Skeptic is a great book by Dr. Greg Boyd. Or uh, uh, read a book, if you, if you like kind of lighter reading, lighter apologetic reading, read something by Lee Strobel. Lee tells great stories, and, and he, he gives great reasons for believing in the Christian faith. Or a guy like, uh, 
if you, if you like really heady stuff, if you like really deep stuff, a guy like William Lane Craig. William Lane Craig is a, he's got a brain this big. And uh, I tell you what, he, uh, he, gra- he gives great arguments for faith in Jesus Christ. Ravi Zacharias is another one. He's a great apologist for the Christian faith, and, and it makes sense what he says. Don't get lazy in your doubts. Don't get lazy in your skepticism. Do the research. Do the investigation. Keep seeking in your skepticism, and you will find it. Jesus said, seek He will speak faith into your life. Just remember, my friends, the author of faith hasn't finished your story yet. Until your brain stops waving, until your lungs stop breathing, until your heart stops beating, your story is still being written. And it's never too late until it is. So trust the author of faith to speak faith into your life and you will find will find joy you will find peace you will find comfort you will find love in the arms of the risen son of god father god thank you for the the story of jesus's resurrection for we know that it is true that jesus died yet rose again and that cannot be said of anyone else no other religious leader possibly claim to have been resurrected only Jesus and Father God today I pray for my friends here who who may be dealing with doubts like Thomas who may be scared like the disciples who just may be seeking seeking faith for the first time I pray that wherever we are that you would come to us as you appeared to the disciples as you appeared to Thomas as you appeared to Mary Come and appear to us that we might believe. Thank you for all that you are doing here at GFCC. Thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. Help us to have a deeper faith and a deeper devotion to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray.